the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. They're found out and they're thrown in the fiery furnace. But what you see time and time again is integrity and humility of a godly person on display. And what we see is that God truly humbles the proud and exalts the humble. And we must not lose sight of this as he exalts Daniel again and again in a way that he may exalt you in hardship and trial in this life or maybe only in the next life. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith continues in his teaching series from the Old Testament book of Daniel. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Daniel is where God has placed him, and he goes with God's mighty hand. And, you know, throughout the first five chapters of Daniel, what we see here is how a godly person is to conduct himself in humility, with integrity, hanging on to his convictions not unnecessarily causing trouble. You see these Jewish boys, they're not unnecessarily causing trouble, but you know they're found out and they're thrown in the line, uh, into the fiery furnace. But what you see time and time again is integrity and humility of a godly person on display. And what we see is that God truly humbles the proud and exalts the humble, and we must not lose sight of this as he exalts Daniel again and again in a way that he may exalt you in hardship and trial, in this life, or maybe only in the next life. In Daniel chapter 6, we see how snap decisions lead to uh, disastrous consequences. Uh, We are now in the rule and reign of Darius the Mede. The Medo-Persian Empire has crushed the Babylonian Empire, and yet Daniel survives the regime change, and he's going to be made like vice president of the kingdom. 
You have this new king, but he recognizes Daniel, and he's about to put him over all of his counselors, and these counselors conspire to undermine him and try to discredit him, and they can't. Because even in this foreign land where all these foreign gods are worshipped, he manages to live with integrity. He's an honest man. He doesn't abuse his authority, and they can't find anything against him except his faithfulness to his God. And so they conspire to trip him up. And so they trick this king into a hasty decision. And that is that no one should pray to any anyone but this king for 30 days and if they're if they do that well they're violating the law of the Medes and the Persians which is unbreakable and unchangeable and so they set this trap for Daniel and so Daniel goes to his room as he does he opens his window he faces Jerusalem and he prays three times a day and they got him and the king is forced to throw Daniel into the literal lion's den He regrets it. He tries to find ways around the law. He knows that he's been tricked into doing this, but the law is the law, and Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, and God preserves Daniel miraculously, closing the mouths of the lion, and the king is relieved. So Daniel is brought out unscathed, and the people who set Daniel up are thrown in, and their whole families with them. And what we are see again and again is that God is in control. He is involved in the affairs of men and women worldwide. This is what the sovereignty of God is all about. The power of God, the omnipotence of God. These things are concrete realities. His omniscience, how he knows everything. His omnipresence, this God that we serve. This God that you serve is involved in every inch of thread of your life and my life, just as he was in their lives. And the question is, how will we respond to God? Will we feel sorry for ourselves? Or will we rise to the occasion that he has called us to? Daniel chapter 7 is kind of gets, begins to get into the prophetic realm It's a startling and terrible, glorious revelation of the things to come for God's people. We find the rising and falling of kingdoms, and we find the rise of this unusual king, who we'll understand later is the Antichrist. And he mocks God, and he persecutes and crushes God's people. We see that he in... uh, Daniel chapter 7, 25, wearies the saints. They are not victorious over this guy. And so he's shaking his fist at the Almighty. He is is trying to change the laws and the times and the seasons. And the world is in turmoil. And then we flash up into heaven. We jump back and forth between two venues in Daniel chapter 7, sort of like Job. And we read this in Daniel chapter 7, 9 and 10. All this is going on. And is there panic in heaven? What are we going to do now? No, it doesn't say that at all. It says in Daniel 7, 9, and 10, And I looked, thrones, as I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came forth before him, 
and thousands of thousands served him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him, and the court sat in judgment, and the books were open. And what we see here is this, God is above the flood, right? If you ever read Psalm 29, he was enthroned above the flood, he reigns above the flood, the flood speaks to the literal flood, and also the flood speaks to the chaos in this world. God is sovereign. And here we see that God is going to judge, that none of this amuses him. The name Ancient of Days really speaks to the fact that he's seen it all because he is eternal. And we see that as I look, the thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. And also, we're going to see that the Jewish people, because Daniel was written for the Jewish people. I mean, they're in exile. You know, we know that whatever is being written here is getting out because Ezekiel talks about Daniel. And so Daniel is where he is protecting the Jewish people. And they find hope through his writings as we do. We get a glimpse and they get a glimpse of their Messiah here. In verses 13 through 14, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. This is a a, a recapitulation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar's words when he comes to his senses. And we learn that this arrogant king who will go out of his way and successfully persecute the people of God will be destroyed at the coming of the Ancient of Days. Verses 26 and 27 of Daniel 7. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law and they shall be given into his hand for a time times and a half, three and a half years. Don't forget your chart that I gave you. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. God always preserves his people. He will intervene, and this speaks to the end of the age, the uh, final kingdom, the eternal state. And so what we're learning here is that there, there's trouble coming for the people of God. But we learn that the people of God can trust God and his sovereignty. Their redemption will be sure. Their redemption is assured, even if their lives are made difficult by human persecutors. And this is written 50 years into the captivity of the Jewish people to give them cause for hope. Think about this. I mean, if Daniel lived 4,000 weeks, roughly 80 years, you know, this is way into that. You know, you yourselves may be facing an extended trial late in your lives. But you are to take heart because God is involved in them. 
And God in his faithfulness and sovereignty, ultimately he's going to exalt you either in this life or the next. You're not alone in your suffering. You're not abandoned to it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.13, by way of example, that there's no temptation, no situation that has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but will with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And what you have to do is when you look at Daniel, when you look at this text, when you look at 1 Corinthians 10.13, you have to decide in your own minds and hearts, true or false, True or false? Will I trust him or not? Or will I trust in myself? Will I avail myself to the resources that God has given me? Or will I squander the opportunity? In Daniel chapter 8, which uh, Pastor John preached last week, Daniel swoops down for a closer look at the promises coming and prophetic history. And Daniel chapter 8 shows God... He, he doesn't predict, he doesn't guess. He declares, here are the kingdoms that will follow in succession. And here's what will happen and here's what they will look like so that you'll know. And we are what we see with this prophetic revelation, we see the coming of the Medo-Persian Empire that will be crushed by Alexander the Great. We see that his kingdom will be divided among four generals, you know, four pieces uh, we see the terror of Antiochus and Epiphanes as he persecutes the Jewish people as sort of a type of the Antichrist who will come. And amidst the terrors of all this, we understand this. If God can orchestrate history like that, hundreds of years before it even occurs, can he not orchestrate the affairs of our lives to see that we are preserved, that we see to sustain us amidst the terrors of this life such that they are. God keeps his promises to Israel and to the church, and he will keep his promises to you individually. These terrible-looking prophecies represent promises kept. You know, Jesus told his disciples that in this life we will have tribulation. In this world you will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. Daniel reveals this promise, this sovereign pronouncement to who will ever read it years before it takes place by way of prophecy and by way of example. Let's talk about where we're headed now. So that's where we've come from. Okay. Number two, where are we headed? Daniel chapter nine will continue with a deeper dive into the future, into prophecy we're going to be given an extraordinary, an extraordinary example of prayer, which Pastor Roberto will preach on next week. A prayer of repentance, both national and personal. But we also see this, that just as these kingdoms are coming and the Antichrist is coming, we're going to be given uh, increasingly uh, precise data the times and time and a half, 1,290 days, things like that. And we're going to, you know, the, the prophetic future is almost like an upside-down triangle. We start with less data, and we get more and more as we move. Chapter 10, we're going to see an angelic messenger give Daniel and us some insight into spiritual warfare with the prince of Persia resisting Gabriel and Michael, the archangel, coming. Um, 
In Daniel chapter 11, we're going to see more information with the rise of Greece and these kings, kingdoms that come and go, and as Jesus puts it, war and rumors of war, the birth pangs, so to speak. And we'll read phrases like, this terrible king does as he will, seeming to indicate unfettered behavior, but understanding that God is in control over it. In chapter 12, we'll see greater prophetic detail and more indications of the end times. And so you're going to be getting all this data. And because at the time it's given to the Jewish people in the Jewish context, they don't have the book of Revelation through which to interpret it. But they understand that trouble is coming, that their God will preserve them, and that their God and your God will prevail. And in the end of it all, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 9, We read this. Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the end of the time. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time of the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. But verse 13, but go your way till the end. You shall rest and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. So what's all that about really? I mean, we've just done this flyover, right? Daniel is sitting here trying to make sense of all this prophecy, and he doesn't have all the data. He has some, and he's trying to understand it, and he's told by God's messenger, look, you've, you've, you've fought the good fight. You've run the race. Your, your life is about to come to an end. You're going to go to your grave in peace, but you're going to stand in the resurrection at your allotted time. You're going to receive your reward. And what does that have to do with you? Well, it's like this. Men will do what men will do. Our culture, bent and twisted as it is, is going to continue in its self-destructive ways. But God knows this, and God's going to make it right. And you don't know what's ahead in the rest of of the years of your life. You don't know what next month will bring. But God wants you to be faithful. And so you just live for him. And you serve him. And you may pass from this life not knowing all the details. Daniel doesn't. But your peace, your joy, your ultimate fulfillment isn't going to come here and now. It's going to come when you stand in the resurrection at the end of time. God is in control. These things were written not to scare us, but to give us hope, to give us patience, to give us endurance so that we can live with urgency. Which brings us to our third thing to keep in mind, what we need to know. Like Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, who were bewildered as young men, and maybe even children, forced into seemingly overwhelming circumstances, They survived and they thrived by navigating their world by trusting God. That's the key to your survival. 
You know, some people trust in chariots and horses, the psalmist says, but we will trust in the Lord our God. All you have really is God. All your property, all your possessions, your clothes, your money, whatever it is, you can't take it with you. It's useless, and our money is getting more useless every day. But what you do have is a relationship with the God Most High. And he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life to live for him like Daniel did. Don't underestimate the power or significance of your faithfulness to God in the worst of circumstances. No matter how insignificant you feel, you know, this macro application to all of this you know, this overwhelming, overriding application is that we must remember that God is always in control, that God is sovereign. He's got it all in hand, and he's working out his good purposes. And I just want to say to you, you know, you may be at the end of your life. Your capacity to do stuff for the kingdom physically may be limited, but you can pray. You may be in middle age. You may be in your 30s. I don't know where you are, but God does. And God has you where you are. And God has called us to live for him in urgency. It says at the end of the book of Revelation, uh, excuse me, the beginning of the book of Revelation, that sets the tone for the entire book of Revelation, Revelation 1-3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Daniel was written to give you hope, and to encourage you to live for God's kingdom with urgency. We have 4,000 weeks. Some of us are closer to the end of our 4,000 than others. Some of you are at the beginning, if you're in your 20s, right? Or maybe you're at, you're at, you're at a, 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 a thousand weeks. The question is, how are you going to use the time? Because it's going to pass quickly. And before you know, your time will be over. And you're going to stand before God. And you want to be able to do that saying, Lord, I don't know much, but I knew you and I did what I could for your kingdom. I want you to think about that. We're going to be ushered off this worldly stage before before we know what hit us. In the meantime, we have a calling, a glorious, glorious calling a matchless matchless calling to minister to the person in front of you or behind you to minister to your children or your grandchildren your nieces or your nephews to bear witness in the workplace to bear up under the harshest of circumstances because the king of the universe set his love on you and raised you up for such a time as this just like he did with these four jewish boys So as we go into the rest of the book of Daniel, I want you to be thinking about what now, what next. Based on the information I'm going to be receiving about the future, which is really closer today than it was yesterday. How then shall I live? What shall I do? Let's pray. Father, this 30,000 or 50,000 foot flower of the book of Daniel, Lord, just reminds us that you are at work all the time. That you never sleep nor slumber or take your eyes off your people. That nothing happens by accident. That there is a plan, a perfect plan from a perfect God who does all things well. And that he has come in the form of Jesus Christ to redeem the lost, 
to give us who were once lost but now have been found purpose, privilege in serving the king and suffering for the king whose kingdom lasts forever. Help us, Father, to reorient our thinking and our lives, to reprioritize these things so that we may follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.